Welcome to the Millionaire Cookbook. I'm your host, Mohammed Sabri, and I'm looking to provide you with a million dollars worth of value in a single podcast. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode. In today's episode, in episode five, I sit down with my good personal friend, Hayden Cashin from Cashin Marketing. And we really go deep into it. I had a lot of fun recording this. He says as well, this has been the best podcast episode he's ever recorded in his life. And he's been on a handful of really good podcasts. I've listened to all of them. But just starting off, we talk about Hayden's background, exactly how he came up to where he is right now. And we dive deeper into what he exactly does with cash and marketing. But the second half of the episode is what you don't want to miss. We go in about mindset, values, self-awareness and just a bunch of personal topics that can quite literally benefit anybody no matter if you're a student a worker an entrepreneur literally anybody in any industry because you know the things we talk about they're universal okay and you're not going to want to miss out so sit back enjoy and i hope you get a lot of value out of this Hello, everybody. Welcome back to episode five of the Millionaire Cookbook. Today, we have a very, very special guest. He's my close friend, Hayden Cashin. Hayden, how are you doing today? I'm doing great, brother. Thank you so much for having me on. Of course. Thank you for coming on. So just give a quick uh, introduction about yourself, just uh, your name, age, and then I can ask you more like specific questions about your background. Yes, my name is Hayden Cashin. Uh, I live in Ottawa, Ontario. I'm 25 years old. And I run a digital marketing agency that focuses on using paid social media to drive business results for clients in a multitude of industries. Awesome. Awesome. I love it. So how about you just uh, dive deep into how you actually got to that point into running your agency all the way back from, I believe it was <laughs> high school. You're, like, you're running a music career, weren't you? <laughs> I, I've done a lot of interesting things in my life. So the one consistent thing for me is I've always like fallen deeply in love with whatever I'm doing and gave it my all until I no longer was in love with it and then kind of moved on to the next phase. And I think that that has allowed me to kind of find what I really love, at least at this point in life, um, and not get stuck in something just because I've been doing it forever and and scared to kind of move when my heart moves, you know? Mm -hmm. So if you really want to go way back, it really started with soccer. When I was nine years old, I started playing competitive soccer. and then it got more and more competitive to the point where I uh, actually represented Team Canada when I was 13 in France, um, oh, playing wow. in the youngest under 13 World Cup in the world, playing South Africa, Belarus, a bunch of French teams. It was, it was a really fascinating experience to meet people from all over the world that shared the same passion as me at such a young age. Um, and that kind of was like my initial love. But what happened was like, as I kept going, I kind of fell out of love with it. And even though I was good at it, I kind of wanted to follow my heart and I, I got into skateboarding actually mm-hmm. and for probably the next six years I was just diehard skateboarding you know would skateboard every week had all the equipment on the street would go to the skate park with my friends and would just learn that stuff and I think the thing about soccer is I started so young that it was very much like pushed by my parents to get into a sport mm. but like skateboarding was more of like my natural love I think because it was very creative and it was also like an independent sport. There was no coach that was that you kind of had to listen to. There was no teammates relying on you. It was, it was just all you and you were free to kind of do whatever you wanted. So I kind of fell in love with that. 
um, over time that evolved into um, wanting to do music because my whole life, even like before the soccer stuff, when I was like seven, I got a gift card for HMV and I, I remember I bought like an Eminem CD and a 50 Cent CD and a Ludacris CD and like I was just in love with hip hop music right. since day one. I don't know what it was that, that I just connected with, but I loved it. And my whole life, I was always like, oh, man, I kind of want to try try making music. But I was always kind of scared, right, because of the stigma, like, white, you know, ginger kid from the suburbs making hip-hop. <laughs> and actually, didn't actually fit the mold at that time. So I finally, like, grew up enough courage to be like, you know what? Like, I would rather get laughed at than not try, right? Fair, so I, yeah. I, the, way that I, the way that I dove into it was, like, I bought all the equipment and, like, obviously, at that, at that time in my life, like, it was a lot of money. So it was kind of all my savings. And I was like since I spent all this money, now I have to do it. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And so um, I went hard into that. And once again, that was a very like solo thing and a very creative thing. So that has kind of been consistent. And then um, I went to university and I actually went initially for economics at Carleton. Um, I did two years there, you know, had, had a lot of success, but I, I didn't really enjoy it. I thought I would based on what I took in high school, but I didn't really enjoy it. And luckily, once again, I was, I was able to take a step back pivot and try something new. So I decided to enroll in business at the University of Ottawa. Um, love business. Within business, I concentrated marketing. Love marketing, once again, the creative side. Um, and then I was in marketing. I was still like, man, I don't know where I want to go within marketing. It's, it's a big facet, right? Mm -hmm. So one day by accident, I got an email to take this digital marketing certification that was a partnership through the university with a digital marketing agency. And it was the first time they ever run it. And it was actually for grad students. And that's why I say it was by accident. So I emailed them back and I was like, Hey, look, I'm not a grad student, but this sounds really fascinating. I'd love to, you know, apply for it if there's a chance that I can get in. And they were like, look, this is the first time that we ran this. So apply and we'll see what happens. Mm -hmm. Long story short, I applied, got in, it was an intensive course through the summer. So it was 11 weeks. And, um, by the end of it, I had an internship with, um, OSEG. So that, for those who don't know, OSEG owns the Auto Red Blacks, uh, the Auto 67s, all the shopping space at Lansdowne. Um, they do a bunch of concerts and other events. So it's a pretty big operation here in Ottawa. And what was good about that was I got to just constantly set up and test new things all the time because there's always some sort of an event going on. So I really got to sharpen my sword and, like, and, and get my skills down pat. And they would just chuck money at it all day because you need budgets to run ads. But for an organ organization like that, it's normal. So I would just, you know, be able to be funneled budget and learn and learn and learn. While I was doing that, I, um, I was still full-time in school and marketing. And I got a couple clients on the side, two restaurant clients. And this was a little bit of a different experience because with the restaurants, they were looking for me to kind of look at the whole scope of marketing for the restaurants. Whereas at OSEG, I was just a piece of kind of the whole puzzle, just running the, the paid advertising. So it allowed me to kind of see a project front to back and really look at the whole scope and how it all works together. Through that experience, I realized that I really enjoyed doing the whole consulting thing. And so I reached out to one of my profs at the time, who previously was a digital, not digital, but he was a marketing consultant. And I asked him, I was like, how did you get into it? You know, do you have any advice for me? He gave me some good advice. But what ended up happening was three weeks later, he hit me up and was like, hey, one of my old uh, contacts just reached out to me to see if I wanted to you know, consult for, for this project. And I was like, Hey, I'm a prof now, but I, ha I know this kid who's trying to, you know, break into the industry. And so they connected me through that, got a job, um, working for this agency in Montreal, leading a project here in Ottawa. So I left OSEG 
and started working on that project full time. And at the same time, I was still in school. Um, and this was cool because it was with a political news station that broadcasted nationally. They had a massive budget. Yeah, so it was a pretty big project. And essentially, since it was a television network, they were transitioning from television to, you know, more website, more digital, more social media, because mm -hmm. they saw where the, where the market was moving. And so it was my job to kind of lead that strategic transition and then be a piece of the puzzle in implementing it. Right. So, it was, and I was only like 22 at the time. So it was a, or 23. I don't know. It was a lot of like weight on my shoulders, but it was exactly what I looked for because I felt like at OSIC, I kind of plateaued because I'd been doing so many campaigns and it only been about nine months, but it was very much the same thing over and over again. Mm -hmm. So I was looking for that next challenge. So this, this was definitely it. Um, so I did that, you know, had a lot of success there and then got to the point where I had a lot of people kind of reaching out to me for my services to see if I wanted to consult for their businesses. So in January, 2019, just decided to start my own business cash and marketing. Um, so I've just been building that, you know, I'm, I'm not subjective to any industry. I like to, you know, work in many industries and then see what consistencies lie across them so I can apply those insights to every client that I have. Nice. And what I, what I focus on is driving the actual business result. I think right now there's a gray space where agencies will kind of do things and then report on all metrics and the client won't really understand if it's good or not because they'll just have all the metrics in front of them. Whereas for me, I try to simplify it and actually measure the objective they care about so I can prove ROI. So it's a little bit more of a riskier model but if you're confident in your skill set and, and it works out more times than not then it's highly beneficial of course of course wow that's, sorry that was a lot of info <laughs> no no it's good but it's i'm glad you went through that entire timeline because it shows not only me but it shows the audience two things the first thing is that what's meant to be will just kind of fall in place because that email you got you weren't even supposed to get it and that's kind of what started this whole foundation of cash and marketing what ended up being cash and marketing and yeah. the second thing is overnight successes. They don't exist. Like people will see your Instagram, you know, they'll see you, your Facebook ads, the return on investment you're getting, but they don't know the whole timeline you went through to get there. You went through OSEG, you went through the agency in Montreal, and then you like started small and then you finally built your business to what it is today. It just goes to show that, you know, things take time. Like you're 25 now and this all happened when you were like in your early twenties. So hard work, bro. Cause like, when I did OSEG, the restaurants and the agency, I was full-time student as well. Yeah. So I built my schedule around it so it works. But like for me, like I was really, as I got to the end of my university career, I realized like this piece of paper isn't really going to make the biggest difference in my life. Like it'll help right. me get a foot in the door, but real work experience is what's going to be the defining factor of success in my opinion. Mm -hmm. And so that's why I wanted to work my ass off outside of school to build kind of a repertoire. So when I left school, my initial goal was to just have a job lined up. Little did I know that when I left school, I would already be three months in my own business. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. And I feel like that's something that a lot of people can take out as well. They do want to start their own business or make some type of income on their own. They should start it as like a side thing. And then once it gets going, they should think about, you know, how it weighs compared to their degree or whatever they're taking uh, in school. I mean, I made the decision to just go all in, take the full risk, drop out before I had nothing, but obviously it's not advisable. Your, your path is a lot more practical and a lot more suitable for pretty much the whole population. I should have probably done the same thing looking back. <laughs> 
Well, I think like if you can A, deal with the judgment of going back later mm-hmm. and B, put yourself in a smart financial and life setup situation so that you can actually afford yourself the opportunity to go to school, if that makes more sense down the road, you yeah. can knock those two boxes out. I think you can, you're not in a bad spot at all and you made the right decision. Yeah, for sure. Like I'm looking back, if I lose everything, nothing's really stopping me from just going back to school. I only had one more year left in my diploma. It was at yeah. Algonquin. It was, you know lighter issue (laughs) but um i just want to well thank you for sharing that by the way but i just want to talk about like some more technical side of things about the facebook ads so how come you chose to specialize in facebook ads specifically i know you do a bit of google ads on the side but i haven't heard about you doing any email marketing or you know any sort of other type of paid traffic so why facebook ads you know obviously i already have the knowledge about it, but for the people listening, uh, how come you decide to specialize in that specifically? Um, so in terms of email marketing specifically as a comparable, I just straight up don't know that much about email marketing. I Mm -hmm. think it is the most powerful marketing tool to be completely frank with you. Mm -hmm. Um, but I just, I just never had that opportunity to say the clients that I had early on didn't want, you know what I mean? So it just never really fell into my hands. So, Email marketing, I would actually love to be a beast at it, but it's just it just didn't work out that way. Mm. Um, then in terms of doing paid ads on any sort of social platform, whether that's Facebook, Instagram, Google, Twitter, Snapchat, Pinterest, YouTube, anything like that, like the thing is with Facebook, A, through Facebook slash Instagram, which you can market on both through the same platform, they've mapped like 2 billion users across the world. If you mm-hmm. include WhatsApp and, and everything, right? All the products. So they have essentially in theory, like the whole world mapped. So because of that, they can, they can give you say a thousand impressions, a thousand people to see your content for cheaper than I think any other platform, as far as I know, any other platform, right? So right mm-hmm. away, you already have an advantage advertising on Facebook and Instagram because you're going to get more exposure for your dollars right? Which allows you the best chance at converting enough people to break even and become profitable just Mm -hmm. straight up by the numbers, right? Before we get into anything else. Yeah. The second thing is Facebook's ad product is so far ahead of the other ad products in terms of, you know, having, having tools in your tool belt. Like you can do so, so, so much, like you're never out of options in Facebook. There's thousands and thousands of things that you can do. Right. Mm -hmm. And then, even further than that, the way Facebook's built out its AI system to assist you in running ads once you get initial data is such a leverage point that as far as I can tell, Google might be close, but there's no other ad product that has that smart of an AI system to assist you in the campaigns and help you get the results you want. So for those three factors, that's why I think Facebook and Instagram is the biggest opportunity and the, the easiest place to win. Mm-hmm. And that's why I focused on there. Yeah, it's smart. It all comes down to margin, getting the best bang for your buck, and as well as the targeting, because you'll be viewing like, an example, like a pair of shoes, and then you log on to Facebook. Next thing you know, all these shoes are popping up. Like it's so smart, and the data collection is so. I think mm-hmm. it does it better than any other social platform, just like you said. A hundred percent. I'm interested to see what TikTok has from an ad product standpoint, because what I've read is like they collect so much data on you. Like every little thing that you do on TikTok is stored and understood. And that's why TikTok is the most addicting platform is because 
I think it's within like three minutes of being on the platform and engaging with it. They have like thousands of data points on you and they, they understand you so quick and tailor the experience so quick that that's why, you know, people fall into a hole just on TikTok. Like, like if you, I don't know if you've been on TikTok, but you can scroll for hours, bro. And you never like you, you, you like literally go into a hole and that happens sometimes on YouTube, but like, I don't think it really happens on Facebook and Instagram anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, Twitter, not, not really, but TikTok is just on another level of data collection. So if they open that up to be able to use for advertising purposes, it'll definitely be an interesting player. Yeah. I mean, for me, I don't have a TikTok account for that sole reason. I just don't want to get addicted to it. And I always, <laughs> I, I always thought I'm like, what's so special about this app? So I went on the Safari browser cause I'm not, I'm not going to download that thing. So I went on the just the Safari version of it. And I saw the most random, uninteresting videos. And I went mm. to my friends, I'm like, yo, what the hell is this? How, how do people find this appealing? And they're like, no, no, like my feed is stuff that I actually care about. And like, you know how, I don't know if you have TikTok at all, but, or people send it to you, but you can actually send to like Snapchat and iMessage to the actual TikTok app. Yeah. Yeah, so they'll send me stuff that they're like into. I'm like, you know, this is making a lot more sense. Like they're getting videos that they're actually interested in. And I feel like yeah. as well, because, you know, the human attention span, it's not, it's not meant to last a long, long time. And these videos yeah. are literally seconds or like a minute at most. So I feel like that's what keeps yeah. people hooked onto it. But yeah, that's a nice and little... If, uh, if you really want to see like the night and day impact, spend like a little bit of time on it. So TikTok understands you. And then, and then you'll see like a real tailored feed for you and then go look at somebody else's feed who is like completely opposite of you. You won't even recognize the app. Wow. I might have to experiment with that. Just hoping I actually delete the app after I experiment with it. I don't want to, I really would not want to keep it. It sounds too time consuming for me. (laughs) Honestly, bro. I I mean, I, I got a TikTok the other day of a great stock tip, you know, and that's Mm -hmm. what I mean. Like, like it's really figured me out. Okay. Okay. Huh. Yeah. It might be something to look into then who knows, <laughs> but, um, awesome, man. So about, because you mentioned that you work with several industries, right? Just kind of whatever you think you can get results for, right? Um, initially like it's, it's been, who's come to me. Mm. Um, but as I, as I explore deeper, I've really found industries that I can win in and that I can build systems for that are duplicatable and are non-competing businesses because they're restricted geographically. So as long as you go far enough apart, um, then they're not directly competing against each other. So I actually had like two systems and two industries that I was about to scale out really heavily to different, to a ton of businesses and then COVID hit and they were, they were, they're, they're part of the, they're two businesses that are part of the hardest hit 100%. Like oh. they might not be back for a year from oh, now wow. still, you know what I mean? Like yeah. it's, it's non-essential group gatherings, both of them. Mm. Okay. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. It definitely yeah. wouldn't open for a lot until the distancing restrictions get lifted for sure. Yeah. But uh, I wanted to bring that up because there's kind of two sides to the coin over here. You have one side of agency owners where just like, focus on one industry two max specialize in it get really good. So you have industries that only work with restaurants or only work with gyms or only e-commerce. And then you have the other side, which seems to be like your cup of tea where, you know, you'll get results for several different industries and people are still coming to you because people say, you know, don't generalize because you want to be a specialist. You want to be the guy in that industry. 
so how would you kind of compare the two and what advice would you give to yeah. other people trying to figure this stuff out for themselves? So just going back to what I just said, like if I dove deeper into these two industries that I knew hundred percent I could win in and I made it say 90% of my business, mm -hmm. I'm COVID may, may have put me out of business to be completely frank with you. Wow. And that that's just a shit flip of the coin as well. Cause if I say it was e-com that I was crazy about and I dove harder into e-com and COVID hit, my business would have grown exponentially, right? Exactly. So all you're doing is playing a more risky game, but you do have the pro of being an expert in that specific space, therefore having more value, therefore being able to grow in that client space. So there's a pro and a con. It's just like whatever your risk level is. Um, for me, I, I like I said, I didn't even go into it with necessarily a plan. I kind of just let the business come to me and figured out what I wanted to do over time. Um, but I think I'm just going to stay diversified because when you start to collect data points from all different spaces and notice consistencies, that allows you to really figure out what works, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Okay. Yeah. Thanks for putting insight on that because I know a lot of people, because obviously I've been in the agency space before people just don't know. <laughs> people will be like, stick to one niche, stick to one industry. It's like, well, why? You know what I mean? And they'll see other people killing it working with several other people like yourself and they'll be like, you know, why can't I just be like him? You know what I mean? So that's it. Like, like it's, there's always pros and cons. That's why there's no answer to that question. Yeah. There's pros and cons to each and you just got to figure out what business you want to build. Right. Mm -hmm. I, I don't think I'm built to be a one trick pony in the sense, like just me from a passion standpoint, I'll get bored. I need that challenge. Right. So yeah. if I systemize something and then just keep selling the same system, like I'll, I'm sure I'll grow and make money, but internally I just won't be excited every single day versus if I'm trying to go out and conquer new land. Yeah. Like I'm sure if a new industry comes up to you on Instagram or emails you, whatever that you haven't worked with before, it brings its excitement because it's a new challenge and it's something that you want to explore per se. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. All right. Well, that's pretty much it for like the Facebook ad side of things. I really wanted to touch up on the networking side of stuff with you because a lot of agency owners, you know, they're remote, they'll lock themselves in their house. <laughs> they won't see sunlight. But for you, you know, especially, well, before the Corona stuff, at least you were out all the time in lunches and you even have a highlight on your Instagram called let's lunch. I'm pretty sure that's what it's called. Right? <laughs> <laughs> I ran out of space. <laughs> you can only have up to a hundred in there. Ah, uh, wow. Yeah. So it just goes to show like how many you've been on. So kind of just dive deep into why you do these lunches, the importance of networking and just getting your name out there to people. For sure. And let me just preface this by saying like, this is a self-awareness play. Like this is what, this is the business I chose to build. It's not like a one way to do it. Yeah. There's the majority of agencies actually are just a logo and the CEO isn't out there a face, a public figure. You know what I mean? The majority mm -hmm. of agencies are just the lowest. The way I do it is actually not the normal way. Mm -hmm. um, but it's the way that I choose to build my business for a couple of reasons. Number one, I want to create kind of top of funnel business by being a personal brand socially. So documenting every single day that I do showing people, you know, that I'm hustling, that I'm working, providing insights into to people about the industry, but also just building a well-rounded brand and, and putting my personality into it and making people like me for who I am, not just, the results I provide because I think that's a competitive advantage because we're dealing with humans at the end of the day. Mm -hmm. um, I also learn a lot from these lunches. 
Um, I get to, you know, see other people's opinions and I get to see insights from worlds that I don't even know, like science and, and art and all these other things. Like it, it's just fascinating to meet these people and kind of get a well-rounded perspective of the world and apply those back into my business. Um, and I think it's also a great way to meet people that you want to meet. So like, if you're going to like email someone, for instance, and say, Hey, I was wondering X, Y, and Z, like, there's a, there's a lot less of a shot that you'll get like a good response versus if you say, Hey, uh, I love what you do X, Y, Z. Um, can I take you out for a lunch and pick your brain? You know, if you can carve out an hour in the next month, I'll come to you X, Y, Z. You know what I mean? Like really build it out um, so that you have, um, you know, a meaningful connection. And that's kind of another point is like when you're in human face to face, you, there's a certain level of energy that can't be duplicated through a DM, through an email, even through a FaceTime, in my opinion, FaceTime's close, but when you're, when you're one-on-one, you actually really build and you actually get to see who that person is, in my opinion, especially if you sit down for an hour over, over a meal. Oh yeah. Um, so for me, um, for all those reasons, like that's, that's why I do that. And the highest level is I think that your network is everything. Mm-hmm. Um, I was talking to somebody the other day about network and I looked at my client list and I quickly summarized it. And I was like, 90, 90% of my clients have come through a connection. They, they haven't come directly to me. They've come through a referral of some sort, whether it was a, another client referring me or just someone that I knew referring me. Right. Yeah. One of my friends approached you for work. <laughs> that, that's exactly it. So I think like your network is your biggest asset and it's such a long-term play. Like, as you build word of mouth, it grows exponentially, right? It's like a pay it forward model where like one person tells three, but then those three each tell three and da, 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 da. you know what I mean? So yeah. it, grow, it grows you exponentially. And so for me, I want to put in the groundwork of actually meeting as many people as possible, building genuine relationships, and then creating that network effect to, to build a strong brand. That's smart. That's smart. Yeah. Like it's something that a lot of people just don't think about. Like the lunch stuff, that's how you and I met. And we've, and we've met a handful of times ever since then. Like our first time was, yeah, it, it was like October or November of 2018. We've met a handful of times since. And I can say like the amount of value I've got out of you just sitting down, having a meal, it's insane. <laughs> yeah. Like, it, like it's helped stuff in my mindset and my business too. Because the thing is like, you'll meet with people just to meet them. But if there's, there's someone that are like-minded or someone of value, then you just dive deep into conversations that you didn't think you were even going to bring up. That's it, bro. And, and what we don't even realize is like, like I'm 25, right? And we're, we've already built such a, a strong relationship just, just over the couple of times that we've met. Yeah. But we really have like a five decade window to go. Oh yeah. You know what I mean? Of, of building. So mm-hmm. we're just in like, we haven't even showed up to put our cleats on to start the game yet. Like we're still in the car on the way to the field. hundred percent how much time we have. And so building these strong relationships right now, like I was telling one of my friends the other day, I'm like, man, I can already see who I'm going to have that dinner with when I'm 50. Like based on my circle right now, I already know who's going to be extremely successful and going to have that special dinner when we're 50. And I'll talk about it. Like I can already see it right now, just based on the networking we're doing. And so it's just exciting to to be planting these seeds and and knowing that they're going to become something special. Yeah, it's super cool because you and I, we meet every few months or so. And every time we do, like, I bring something new to the table that I've been working on. You bring something new to the table. And it's just cool to see people in your circle progress like that. You know what I mean? 
A hundred percent, bro. And like, there's no, like even my direct competitors, quote unquote, like there's, there's really no stealing of business. Like there's so much opportunity in this world. Oh yeah. And, and we run a business where like we can do business with anyone on the planet. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like 7 billion people we could potentially do business with. And so I, I don't think that you should hide secrets from anyone, even if they're your direct competitors. I think you should just support each other, uplift each other, grow together. Because as you as, as your acquaintances become bigger, it helps you become bigger. And as you become bigger, it helps them become bigger. You can all win together. You can all build your buildings together and build an amazing city, right? Mm-hmm. And that's the, way, that's the way I see it. Yeah. Like I remember um, back when I used to do like the agency stuff a couple years back, there's successful agency owners, you included, that would help me out. And, you know, you, you've said this and others have said this. They're like, I don't have to do this. Like you're my competitor, but there's just so much opportunity out there. It's just, you know, they'd rather like help someone that's their friend. You know what I mean? I, I think the amount that you can negatively impact my business versus the amount of value I'm going to have from your one positive word of mouth over your life is not even close. Oh yeah. You know, like yeah. if we put it in numbers, I think if we put it in small numbers, I think you may take $1 out of my pocket, but you're going to put a hundred dollars into my pocket over the lifespan. hundred percent. And, and to me, it's just like, yeah, when you like at face value, you might not realize that, but when you play out the chess moves, it's so blatantly obvious. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like I have, um, like aspiring online coaches and stuff, they'll ask me for help and I don't mind giving it. Cause I know like there's so many there's so many potential clients out there, you know, you're not going to steal business from me. I'm not going to steal business from you. I'd rather just kind of grow together rather than, yeah. you know, kind of hide stuff or kind of like, you know, give you like some little framework and they put the piece of the puzzle together. I'll help what I can granted, you know, it's not time consuming or I'm not literally like holding your hand. You know what I mean? So 100%. yeah, just a nice, uh, nice thought. I-, I wanted to dive a bit deeper into the, importance of personal branding and connecting with your audience because like you already mentioned you're posting your daily life like you'll be in your car or you'll be in your office and you'll be like oh i have this this and this to do today or oh i just got out of like this meeting or that meeting and you also do some stuff like like bi-weekly or like monthly I, i've lost track but you'll be like oh let me know your favorite starbucks drink and i'll like uber eat to your favorite <laughs> drink <laughs> Which I think is super cool. (laughs) I just go with the flow. Like there's no schedule for this stuff. I'll just one day I'll just be like, man, I just want to make somebody's day. And I'll just think about how I can do that. And then I'll just do it. And I think like less thinking, more action, because there's really no downside to anything that you do. If you really look at it, like if you're doing it with the right intent, there's no downside. So you just might as well act quickly, save that thinking time for other things and just move. Mm Mm-hmm. And you'd say that all this stuff on Instagram, the stories and the personal branding, it's definitely helped your business and your network, right? Yeah, it's changed my life. Like, like the amount of top of mindness I have is, is so valuable, right? Like, it, I think it's, it's getting to the point. Now, I wouldn't even say that, but in some respects, it's getting to the point where like people understand what I do, but so now it's just remaining top of mind because I've said this for years and now it's starting to really play out is like digital marketing. The tech has been there for a while. The world has been slow to adapt. So in that, in that Delta, 
is the opportunity where I want to connect the old world to the new tech, right? Mm -hmm. So I want, and, and I know that it's coming. So I want to build that awareness of I'm that guy. So when these people that, that watch me on my story are in meetings and stuff like that, and somebody says, Hey, we thought about, you know, digital marketing or Facebook, or whatever, boom, I'm top of mind and I get the referral. So I was building for the long term, and it wouldn't have played out as quickly as it's now playing out, but because COVID has now, forced the world to focus more on digital marketing and shift their business models. What was going to happen over the next decade is now happening this year. Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely. I can kind of vouch for the same thing too, because I remember you said our first lunch we had together, I'm like, you know, what are your tips on kind of just growing a personal brand and stuff? You're like, just give free value, like give whatever mm -hmm. you can. And obviously, you know, for the people listening, you don't have to go out there and do exactly what I'm doing or exactly what Hayden's doing. Have your own style. For me, I'll ask like, I'll bring up a random topic, a random question. And I'll put like the, you know, that like question tag that you can put on your stories and then people can ask you yep. questions. Like I remember um, really yesterday, obviously it wouldn't be yesterday at the time of releasing this, but the time of recording this yesterday, I put out a tweet. It was saying, what would you have done differently at the age of 18? And then mm -hmm. I posted on my story, I put the question box and just seeing the different opinions and different views of people that's cool. Like, and obviously I'm not providing any value, but you're keeping in touch with your audience. They're keeping in touch Man. with you. Like, but the, the, what, what I would do off of that. And I don't know if you did was every single person that responded, mm -hmm. I would DM them and say, I love that. You know, when I was 18, blah, 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 blah. Like, how are you doing now? Like, da, 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 da. Like I, every single time I get in a, in a, in a, in a message with somebody, I go over I go above and beyond to build that relationship deeper. Right. So did you do that? I've done it with a couple. I should probably uh, go do it with the more. moment. <laughs> that depth, that depth is so hard to measure the value of it. But if you could, it's the most valuable thing you could possibly do over the, over your lifetime. Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely. And even like the other stuff, like I'll put out free value and just engage with the audience. And then I'll have people like in my message request be like, Hey, I heard you, uh, sell like fitness coaching. So-and-so told me, told me about you. And it just goes to show like in the moment when you're creating this stuff for your story, your personal brand, it doesn't seem like much, but it pays off later. Think of it as like a delayed, like payday type of thing. Yes. hundred percent. That's brand man. Brand does not pay off instantly. Instantly mm -hmm. is sales marketing's branding and it pays off long-term if you can hold your breath oh yeah and it's there to stay forever as long as you can keep that rep and that credibility and that authority in your space then it's literally never gonna die think like, about this man like the think about the best human being you know like the purest soul that you actually know mm -hmm. if you if you just for whatever reason like say moved away and didn't see them for 10 years or hear from them for 10 years and then you came back like you would still feel very like good about that person You'd feel like they're an amazing human being and, and you probably look forward to the next time you meet them. Right. Yeah. That's all, that's all a brand is, is like the real like connection and essence behind a logo. Yeah. That's a really good way to put it. Awesome. I appreciate you diving deeper into that. So, you know, obviously we're reaching the last portion of this podcast. It's been a pleasure talking to you so far, but before I close all this off, I want to talk about some, you know, mindset stuff and some values that you carry with you because mm -hmm. it takes a lot of discipline and certain character to wake up every single day, get, you know, go to your office, go to your desk, do this client work, go to the lunches, stay connected with people through Instagram and in person. Yeah. Just kind of go deeper into like how 
you know, how you keep going with this. Cause you know, I've, I've been following you and we've been close for yeah. almost two years now and you're the, probably the most consistent person I know. <laughs> so, yeah. you, know, you know, you know, what's so, so funny, bro, that before I even dive into that, mm -hmm. I've real, I've actually realized why during COVID, um, yeah, and it's yeah, come out of a little bit, it's come out of a little bit of struggle to be completely honest. Um, in the sense of, I need to do a lot of different things to be happy and driven, mm -hmm. right? COVID forcing me to stay in my home and be slightly more one dimensional has actually slowed my motivation for whatever reason, just the way that I'm wired. Right. Yeah. And that's made me realize I need to do those lunches. I need to do these podcasts. I need to put stuff on my Instagram and do giveaways. And then I need to go hard in my client work. Like I need everything. I need that whole spectrum of balance to be in a happy place. Um, and that's, that's something that I've only realized now that I'm not doing it as much because of COVID. Right. Mm -hmm. And I think that's what allows me to be successful and be on fire at all times. Even when I'm working long hours, like, I don't seem to lose motivation if I'm have my hand in many buckets. Right. And I think yeah. that that's a self-awareness thing because I think a lot of people aren't that way either. And that's why I had somebody message me the other day and they were like, how oh, you make me feel like, like I'm not doing anything with my life. Like, how do you stay so motivated? Whatever. And I was like, look, like this is actually, I have to do this. I need chaos. I need to be going crazy yeah. to be happy. So if that's not you, then don't do that. Like, you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Um, so now leading into kind of mindset and perspective, it's the whole game. It's the whole game, brother. Like I'll give the best comp. And this is what really solidified it for me. Pete, somebody asked Gary Vee, they're like, so why are you into mindset and lack of judgment and parenting and all these other facets? Like, why, why do you talk about that? Like you're a business person. Right. Mm -hmm. And he's like, he's like, I did keynotes for four years traveling across the globe telling these massive audiences the tactics exactly what to do to grow their business go here get an ad target this person put this much money in measure this like i told them the blueprint exactly what to do to grow their business and get what they quote unquote want right and he's like i watch 99 of these people do nothing and and that's where it clicked that's where he was like holy shit it's mindset it's, 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 it's people scared of judgment, right? For instance, people that are scared to do a selfie video story because they're scared of what their mom will say or their friends will say or whatever, like people that grew up in an environment of negativity and just don't have a positive outlook and therefore they, they don't feel like they can accomplish. And that's why they don't do like all these different mental things are the, are the blocks of success. If that makes sense. Gary always says, don't fix the sink when the well's broken. Amazing. The sink is the tactics. The well's your brain. You have to fix yourself as a human before you can implement the tactics, right? Mm -hmm. So that for me, like I've followed Gary for a while and, and, and believed in his mindset stuff. But when he broke it up that crystal clearly, I was like, oh my God, like the tactics are cool. They're important. But if you're mentally not there, it doesn't matter. Wow that's just opened my eyes too, because, you know, going back to like the mindset thing and, you know, people not doing anything with the keynote stuff that I used to do for years. That's kind of the whole reason why I started this podcast, because I know 
the value people are going to get out of this to actually start something. It's like, I know someone is going to get value out of this, you know, at least one person. Like even for me, when I re-listen to the podcast I record with guests such as yourself, like it opens my eyes more and it kind of, you know, it just, it's just motivating. Like it's a lot better. I feel than just giving you like some technical blueprint in like whatever industry you're in. Whereas the podcast, it's universal. You can apply it. Value is universal. That's kind of what it comes down to value and mindset. It's not just tied into one industry, one business model. It, it's in whatever you do, whether you want to become an actor, an artist, a business owner, just a, you know, a, like a, a scholar, it, it's universal. Yeah. And I think it really comes down to two things, man. Like a, you have to love yourself for everything that you are, all the beautiful and amazing things you are and your flaws. You have to fall in love with both. And, and just as soon as you have that self love and can look in the mirror and smile, no matter what the fuck you're looking at and be like, man, like I love myself and I love what I'm doing. And then when you pair that with not caring about outside opinions, you become unbreakable. I always say like, if you have this mindset of I'm going to work for 15 hours a day for 10 years and then poke my head up and see where I'm at, but I'm going to be heads down for that long. What you'll realize is by year four, you've already made it. Mm -hmm. but, but a lot of people, what happens is like, they're like, man, I'm going to go crazy. I'm going to go hard six months in. They're not where they quote unquote want to be and give up. And yeah. it's like, well, you didn't realize it was going to be year three. That would, that would have been your breakthrough. You know what I mean? Or, or month eight, like, you know what I'm saying? And so for me, if you, if you go heads down for 15 hours a day for a decade and still don't make progress, maybe you weren't built for that. But <laughs> that's why I think if you have that mindset, you become virtually unstoppable. And if you don't care about people laughing at you, cause at year four, you're still only making X amount of money. If you don't if you can't hear that and you love yourself for everything you are, you're unstoppable. And that's what I mean. The mindset, that's all it is. Cause the tactics you can just Google, but the mindset you have to really, really, really believe. hundred percent. Yeah. And for those listening on episode four, I talk about enjoying the process and the five main points. Take this as like a sixth point. Cause this is like, this is a gem that you just dropped right here. Thank you, brother. Amazing. And I kind of wanted to just uh, trail back to when you said like, you know, the lunches and all the stuff that you do keeps you happy and that ties into your success. I feel like everyone has that one thing or those few things in their daily life that has a direct correlation with, you know, their performance in their work field or just them chasing their goals. Because I've noticed that when I'm at my best at the gym, I'm at my best in my work as well. And, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm looking back and you know, that's, it's a direct correlation. And right now with like, gyms being closed because of the virus and stuff like you know i'm still getting work done but i'm not at my best and now i know exactly why like you know you kind of opened my yes. eyes a bit man and oh, i got goosebumps right there because i so the other day i i don't know if you saw my story but i, I documented that i had an off day yeah right? i saw that which, which is definitely rare for me but i always know i'm gonna pull back you know the the the, 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 the day that i won't pull back is when somebody dies or somebody gets diagnosed with something serious. Like that's a, that's a real day where I'll be like, huh, I don't know if I'll pull back as quick. Right. But when it's just an off day, I know tomorrow I'll be back. 
Um, so I was feeling low energy. I was just like, uh, you know, I, nothing was going to go my way that day. And then I had a conversation with my roommate and we, we just really had a deep chat, went back and forth, like just such an, an, an invigorating conversation. And after that con, like she even said, she was like, I just watched you go from like a two energy to like an eight, nine, 10. Like you got so pumped just having this talk. And I felt it too. And I felt like I could, if I didn't go back to work, but if I wanted to go back to work, I could have been heads down for the next five hours. Mm -hmm. Right. And I think that's what it is, is that balance of everything. If I didn't work hard either, I wouldn't be happy. I need that, that whole balance and, and kind of chaos. I need to feel like I can drop a couple plates and still be great. Where I get nervous is when I don't even have enough plates that I can afford to drop. I need more plates in the air. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And for whatever reason, that's how I'm wired. 100%. Yeah. And for those listening, like I, I know I mentioned this, this is probably the fourth time, but you don't have to copy a certain person. Like for me, the gym keeps me going with performance for Hayden. He has his stuff with the lunches and staying social. For you, it could be something completely different. You just have to find that one thing that directly correlates with your success and with your work ethic and just your performance in daily life. So, yeah, yeah I know everyone has that one thing too. So, in terms of the gym stuff, I thought because, like, I as you know, I've told you before, like, I struggle with with fitness. Like, I just it's not in me to like want to be fit. Like, I just I just don't. I don't yeah. care. And it's, it's not a good thing. I know I need to hack it and figure it out. But what I always thought was like, I need to go to the gym because that allows me to kind of be like, okay, I'm at the gym. This is what I'm doing now. Everything else doesn't matter. Focus because I'm in this location. I'm at the gym. Right. Right. Man, during this quarantine, I've been getting into the best shape of my life, just working out in my house. Like I just, every single day and it, it's slowly been going up, but I started by trying to rip three sets of 20 pushups. Mm-hmm with like a minute break in between. And the first time I couldn't do it, it took me a week to actually be able to get to that point where I did it. And now I'm up to like 25, 25, 20 and trying to, you know, consistently build. And then I, I bought like a gym mat and I started doing like at home kind of ab routines to try to work on my abs. Amazing. And honestly, like my upper body, I've never quote unquote built it so quick. And the, the ab stuff, like I can see it starting to come through. Right. Mm-hmm. And like, for me, like, I don't feel like, like it's hard because it, the push-ups take like seven minutes and the app stuff's like 10 minutes. And like, I just do it every single day. And I, and I think I'm just gonna keep rolling with it. And I think it's something I can stick to. Whereas the gym, I always felt like it was going to be short lived. Yeah. Yeah. Just about finding what works for you. And I'm really happy that you found that one thing as far as like the physical aspect that actually works for you. Like for me, it's getting in the gym, lifting heavy ass weight for some people mm-hmm. it might just be a jog around the neighborhood. You know, yeah. people might have the same case as you just, uh, you know, some home workouts, at home and that's it brother yeah, man. amazing amazing i think that's been that's been the theme of this whole thing is self-awareness yeah it's for you yeah i i remember like i intended to make it one direction it took a completely different direction so no i'm <laughs> glad i'm glad it i'm glad it went this direction i know a lot of people who like everyone that listens to this they're gonna at least get one good thing out of this i'm glad amazing man well that's it for our topics thank you so much for coming on i just want to ask one more last question. This is what I ask every single guest at the Uh-oh. end. <laughs> Obviously, you know, people are, some people are more public and private about this. You can give as much detail or vagueness as possible, but what are your goals for the future? And when I say future, I'm talking up to a decade yeah. from now or like a year from now 
etc. I mean, my real goal is to leave the biggest positive impact on this planet that I can. Um, I want to do so much for so many people and honestly ask for nothing in return because that's where I find my ultimate happiness. Like nothing, it's almost selfish the, the amount that I want to help other people because it makes me feel so good. Mm-hmm. And I think that'll be measured by the amount of people that show up to my funeral. And it, as sad as that may sound, I think it's a beautiful thing because it means I'm going to do this for my whole life. Of course. Amazing, man. That's, that's really good. Like it's very, it's a very selfless thing. Like when I think of my goals, like it's all about me, 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 but you know, it's refreshing to hear someone talk about a goal where it's, it's not about them. But I genuinely, like I said, man, I feel like it's selfish because nothing makes me feel better than helping someone else. Like genuinely, like nothing makes me feel better. Of course, man. That's very, very refreshing to hear. Thank you. Of course. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for ha- for coming on. This is pretty much uh, the time we have for today. Like, really, thank you so much. This has been a huge pleasure. And I hope that people listening actually get a lot of value out of this. Likewise, brother. Thank you so much for having me. And I can't wait till COVID is done. So me and you can hit a lunch and just uh, catch up and I can't wait to see where you're at. 100% man. All right. Well, for the audience listening, thank you so much for tuning in. Hopefully you guys got some value out of this and I'll see you in the next episode. Take care. So I hope you guys enjoyed that episode. If you did, go ahead and subscribe on whatever platform you're using to listen. And I'll catch you guys next Monday.